sick. In the sixth month, I can't say sixth. Six. It's an X and a TH. That's really hard for me. So the number six month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth. Say the angel Gabriel. A village in Galilee to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Say King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. And you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. Look at the angel giving her clear instructions, right? You're going to give birth to a son. This is his name. He will be very great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne. Say, God will give him a throne. Say that again. He'll give him a throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign. Everybody say reign over Israel forever and his kingdom. Say kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. And the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and now in her Sixth, sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. I don't know what God has said to you, but his word will never fail. And Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And the angel left her. If you're a King James person... She said, let it be unto me according to your word. Amen. And so when you receive a word from the Lord, you can take it to the bank that God is watching over his word to perform it. And, you know, the way that I live, the way that the Lord has trained me to live is to live by every word that proceeds from his mouth. That's how I live. And that's how I want everybody to live in here. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So if God is telling us that this is the way we have to live, then we should expect him to speak to us. I, I was thinking about it this week when I was in Dubai with Blade when we came back from Kenya. I was talking to this Muslim taxi guy and I was asking him about his faith and his religion. I had like a one hour conversation with this guy. And he was telling me everything. He, at the end of the conversation, he told me, I never talk about, I have never in my life spoken to anyone about what I believe. And what I realized is they don't sing, they don't praise, they don't have worship because their God doesn't speak to them. So you pray three, four, five times a day, but you're not expecting God to speak to you. And I was like, that's why they have no pray, they don't have praise. Because the God they're serving doesn't do anything for them. If we praise and celebrate because of what the Lord has done for us, because the Lord talks to us, 
because the Lord releases wisdom and understanding and purpose to us. And now we know why we're here and what we're doing, and we know the assignment that God has given us. And then we see God provide and do all these things that He said He would do, and it's beyond your ability. And that is so cool when you are in your purpose in God and you're living in a finished work and there is no stress on your life. You're just living in rest, following the cloud and watching God do the work because it's already done. It's so cool. That's why we celebrate. That's why we praise. If you're in here today and you say, I don't hear the voice of God, don't worry about it. We'll take care of that. We'll just unlock it in your life right now. If you have Jesus in your heart, you can hear his voice. I said, if you got Jesus, if you've made Jesus your Lord, you can hear his voice. You say, I don't know how to hear. Put your hands up. We'll just unlock it right now. You say, I don't hear him clearly. Put your hands up. Father, now I command spiritual eyes and ears to open. So that they can experience the 1 Corinthians 2.9. The eye hasn't seen it. The ear hasn't heard it. Nor has it entered the heart of man. What God has prepared for those who love him. Be unlocked now. See and hear in Jesus' name. Open. You'll see it. It is done. I'm feeling crazy today. I got my James Bond suit on. I think more like Jason Stamos. I just got to shave my head, you know what I mean? The transporter. Got to get a chest, biceps, and kung fu moves too. I'm lacking severely in those areas. Moving right along. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And this is where it gets good. And the government, everybody say the government, will be upon his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. In the book of Matthew, chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, says Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, or Judea. I don't know which way to say that. During the reign of King Herod, about that time, some wise men from the eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw a star as it rose and we have come to worship him. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. Those three scriptures, those passages that I just read, proved to us that when Jesus came to the earth, he came to rule, he came to reign, he was born as a king with a throne. Can you say amen? He wasn't born a priest, he wasn't born a prophet, he wasn't born a rabbi, he was born a king. Saying every king has a kingdom. Jesus brought the kingdom of God to us. In the book of John, chapter 3, the Bible says that if you are not born of water and the Spirit, you will not see nor will you enter the kingdom of God. Look at somebody and tell them there is a kingdom that God wants us to see into. 
Say, there is a kingdom that God wants us to enter into. See, everybody's trying to get to heaven, but God's original purpose was to bring heaven to earth. This is so fun. Look at the person next to you say, God's purpose has not changed. He's not trying to get you to heaven. He's trying to get heaven back into you. He didn't change his mind. He, yeah, bars. He didn't change his mind. His original intent still stands, and he brought Jesus, who is the way, the truth, and the life, and nobody comes to the Father except through him. He is the door to heaven. He is the stairway to heaven. He has opened heaven up for you again. And you enter into heavenly places by your spirit during prayer, during praise, during worship. When the Holy Ghost comes on you, you feel it. It gets you. When we were watching that video, I was boohooing. I felt the surging power of God go through me just like when He spoke to me. And just shaking like an earthquake on the inside. I'm telling you, God is going to shake that nation through what we're going to do. This tiny little church, we're going to take the nation of Kenya and every nation around it in the next 20 years. I'm telling you, we're going to do it. People sitting in here right now, you're going to be billionaires before this is done. I'm telling you. You say you're crazy. Yes, I am. Because I believe that God is able to do everything He said He would do. And if he told me we were going to build buildings that would be a national model, we've got to put a lot of buildings in that nation. Can you say amen? And so money's got to come from somewhere. It might as well be you. Maybe you didn't hear that. I said the money has to come from somewhere. It might as well be you. Say, it might as well be me. If you're sitting next to a family member, say, it might as well be us. If God is going to look for a a channel to flow through, He just found one. So you say, well, how do I do it? All you got to do is make a decision. You're going to build a center. You say, well, my faith isn't on that level yet. That's fine. Then be part of us building the first one, and then increase will come. Because we're getting ready to build our first pure academy in the nation of Kenya. It's going to happen. We're going to raise up orphans. When we go back to South Africa now in January, uh, we've been invited to come down to Cape Town. And we're going to meet with three pastors who are in like a gang region. You don't go into this region unless you're escorted by someone who lives there. And there's three churches that have, a, that have a heart to get youth out of the gangs, get them off the streets, and raise them and develop them. And so we're going to look at a model that we're going to plug into churches using the young adults to see how we can get kids off the street and raise them up in the things of God. So it's going to be fun. We've got a meeting down there too. So 
And where we're going is where, was the ch- where the church was situated where I moved to when I was in Cape Town. And man, I had major encounters with God in that church. And I believe us going back there now 25 years later, we're going to shake that place like a Polaroid picture. <laughs> Just shake it. Uh, I need to get back to my message. See, this is why I struggle doing Christmas messages. Because I don't want to talk about what everybody else is talking about. I want to talk about what God is talking about. Amen? But let me teach anyway. Number one, Jesus is a king. He's not an elected official. Look at somebody and say, you cannot be elected king. You can only be born as a king. That's why you must be born again so that you can be born into the royal family of God. Say, it's not a physical birth, but it's a spiritual birth. If you are born again, you got the Holy Ghost on the inside of you, then you have been born into a royal family. You are a priest and a king before God. Sorry, ladies, you're king, because if I have to be a bride, you have to be a king. Because there's no gender in the spirit. There's no color in the spirit. There's no favoritism in the spirit. We're all one in Christ in God. We just have different types of earth suits. Some of us came from white sand. Some of us came from brown sand. Some of us came from red sand, beige sand. It's just different colors of sand, different tones of skin. But your spirit comes from God, and we're all children of the Most High God. So don't let the crazy media, I almost said another word. Don't let these groups that are stirring up division with race take hold of your thinking. Because in Christ, there's no racial division. We're all one in Him. Amen. And we are spirit first. Say, Jesus is a king, not an elected official. All kings have a territory. They have a kingdom. So there is a kingdom of heaven that belongs to the Lord. And he wanted to expand his reign because he's a king. You know, if, if you look at um, Haiti and the Dominican Republic, do they not share the same island? One side, they speak Creole. And the other side, they speak Spanish. That is proof of the power of kingdom. That an island can be divided where people are taken captive and they are transformed into a different way of thinking. And that's what God wanted to do with the earth. He wanted us to be born into the kingdom and He wants to change our thinking so that we live according to the culture of heaven, no longer living after the cultures of this world. And you say, amen. And so every king has an army. God is known as the Lord of heaven's armies. He has innumerable angels that are part of his army in his kingdom. Jesus said he could have called 10,000 angels to deliver him from the cross. He would have just called and they would have come to rescue him. 
but he gave his life for us. Can you say amen? Say every king has a kingdom. Every king has an army. And if you're going to be a king with territory and an army, you have to have a country and you've got to have people living in the country. Otherwise, you're king of nothing. And so every kingdom has kingdom citizens. Say, I'm a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. You have a passport. Your name is written in the book of life. And you have access to the throne room of grace. You have access into the kingdom of God. You can come before God at any time, and God can speak to you, reveal anything He needs to give you. He will give you mercy and help in your time of need. That's why prayer really works if you know how to pray. Prayer really works when you understand that God is your father and you are a child or a son and a daughter in His family. And you don't have to beg God for anything because in the kingdom, He gives you everything that you desire. Look at the person next to you. Say, in the kingdom, you get everything that you desire. There's never a no. That is crazy. Because He gives you the desires of your heart. If I delight myself in the Lord, he said he will give me the desires of my heart. So everything I desire is provided in the kingdom. We just have to have faith. We have to understand it's not about a Sunday morning service. This is not about some religion. This is about you having a relationship with the King of kings and the Lord of lords. This is about you having access to the Heavenly Father to hear his voice. This is about you living the life that He created you to live in before the foundation of the world. He knew you before you had flesh. He saw you as you were being formed in your mother's womb. God wrote a book about your life before you even came out the womb and took your first breath. You were not born without purpose. You have purpose here. And I preached it last week. When we were born into the kingdom, we were born into a finished work. And if you will just discover what is already finished, you have victory. You're not fighting for victory. You're just standing in what's already been provided to you. You don't have to try and be blessed. You have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. You're not trying to get healed. You were healed by the stripes of Jesus. You're not trying to be righteous. You were declared righteous. So live in who you were created to be. But you have to surrender. There's no double-mindedness. There's no me living Monday through Friday my way and then coming to church and doing this thing. What is that? Pick a side. Live in the flesh or live in the spirit, but don't play games. And I'm telling you, when you cross over, you lay everything down. Not my will, your will be done. I say it again, not my will. What does that mean? That means until you found Jesus and until you start hearing his voice, you have no idea what the will of God is for your life. And everything that you've come up with in your mind that you want for your life is not what God is going to say. So you have to be ready to give up everything that you think is your life and say, God, I have no idea what my life's about. I want you to show me what it's about. And it takes full surrender that I'll go where you want me to go. I'll say what you want me to say. I'll do what you want me to do. Not my will, your will be done. 
But if you're not willing to give up your life, you won't get his life. If you're not ready to pick up your cross and follow him daily, you're not worthy to be his disciple. It's in your Bible. B-I-B-L-E. That's the book for you. Let's see what else we got on the list. A king owns everything in his kingdom, including the people. Say, so you belong to the Lord. Everything you have belongs to the Lord. You say, I don't know if that's true. Let me read a scripture. What is my favorite psalm? Very good. 2,000 points. 24 verse 1 says, the earth is whose? The Lord's. And what? Everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him. Why? For he laid the earth's foundation on the seas and built it on the ocean depths. God created everything. So because he has creative rights, he owns everything. You came from God. You belong to God. You were created for his purposes. Your life does not belong to you. And as long as you think your life belongs to you, you become the God of your life and you live to please self. And I can only tell you, if you will just lay down everything and run after God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, you will discover the life of God and your life will never be the same. It'll go from blessing to blessing, from glory to glory, from strength to strength, from overflow to drowning. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. You'll be under the protection of God. You won't have to cry, God, protect me. No, you'll be under his hand of protection. Those who abide under the shadow of the Almighty, you're covered. You're protected. You don't have to worry about the arrow or the pestilence and the plague. You don't have to worry about COVID. You don't have to wear a mask. You just walk in divine health. I am healed. Sickness and disease, what? Send back to the sender. I'm, I'm, send it home. Send it back to where it came from. It came from hell. It's part of the curse. I'm not under the curse. I'm under the blessing. And I'm blessed to be a blessing. I walk in divine health every day of my life. You say, well, I'm not experiencing that. Well, then you need to go to the Word of God because the Word of God has the ability to produce what it says. Touch the person next. You say, dirtbag. Seeds grow in you. You're made from the dust of the earth. Words are seeds. You can listen to the enemy's seed and, and have what he wants for your life. Or you can listen to God's Word and have what God says belongs in your life. So we're going to uproot what the devil says, and we're going to plant what God says, and we're going to water it, and we're going to nourish it, and we're going to declare it, and we're going to pray over it until we see it produce the fruit of healing in our lives. But everybody's looking for instant. Y'all need to weed your garden. On a daily basis, when you see a weed spring up, what is a weed? Anything that would bring division between you and the Lord. Everything that goes against what the Word of God says. The Bible says that you need to tear down, you need to pull down everything that tries to exalt itself above the knowledge of God. You don't know the Word of God in your life. How are you going to determine what's a weed and, and what's of the Lord? And when a weed springs up, 
You look at that thing, you say, I recognize what you want to produce. You want to produce division and destruction. Nope. Pull it out. Drop it in the trash. Can you say amen? When somebody comes to you and they want to sow the, the, the word of the enemy, you say, listen, bro, don't have time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. Oh, Lord Jesus, it's a fire. I was on my way to get me a cold pop. And I thought somebody was barbecuing. I say, oh, Lord Jesus, it's a fire. The smoke got me. Jesus. <laughs> really finding this hard today. Just want to have fun, Jesus. <sighs> the, ki- <laughs> the kingdom has a constitution and kingdom laws. So the government is on his shoulders. Jesus carries the government of God. We have a government in the United States of America. There's governments all over the world. And the governments write the laws for the land. Well, God has got laws for his kingdom citizens and how things operate in his country. And even though we live in the United States of America, we're supposed to abide by the laws of God. And if you abide by the laws of God, you won't break natural law. Look at the person next to you say, if you abide by the laws of God, you will not break natural law. Why? Because God says don't steal, so you're not going to steal. God says walk in love. If you walk in love, you'll be patient. That means you won't run the red light and get a ticket. If you'll just obey the laws of God, you'll meet all the laws of the land. But when the government tries to tell you to do things that violate the law of God, you say, hey, no way. You're not taking the freedom that has been given unto me by God. Can you say amen? Say, we obey God above all else. Even if it means we get whipped, we get beaten, we get thrown into prison for preaching and standing on the Word of God. This is called everything the king decrees becomes a law. So everything God says becomes a law. That means it will not be broken, it has been established, and it will come to pass. So that means when you get into the presence of a king, you have favor. And if he ever says anything to you, that becomes yours. Because God watches over his word to perform it. Man, that's why your whole heart has to be ready to hear what God has to say. Not you just telling God what you have to say. Prayer, let me help you with prayer. Look at the person next to you and say, prayer is not what you think. Prayer is really just a conversation with a person that you know. That's what it is. God knows you. You know the Lord. And you have a conversation with Him. You don't have to go King James with the Lord. Oh, thou hast heavenly Fathereth, who abideth 
You're so beautiful. What is that? Do you talk to your spouse that way? Do you talk to your kids that way? Don't be a dummy. God does not respond to Elizabethan English. Unless you're like Shakespeare. And you're just talking naturally. But have a conversation with the Lord. Have a real conversation with Him. Don't try to hide what's in your heart. Say, Lord, I'm really struggling with this, and I don't know how to get rid of it. Can you help me? Because I can't help myself. That's how I talk to the Lord. Lord, my wife's irritating me right now. I don't know what to do. And the Lord usually rebukes me. I've been rebuked so many times by the Lord. He's corrected me too many times to count. And it's always about getting your heart straight, keeping you in purity, keeping you in love. God will always correct you. You can only control your heart and your life before the Lord. You can't control anybody's heart and life. And instead of trying to control other people, why don't you just pray for them and ask God to help them? Because if God doesn't help you, you ain't getting nowhere. And religion ain't going to work for you. Whining, crying, doing all the ritual, that ain't going to work for you. It's knowing Jesus Christ, knowing who He is, putting your faith and your trust in Him, and crying out to God as your only source for help. And if you'll cry out to Him, He'll come through for you every time. You know, there is a difference between children's cries. Like if you have a baby and they need a diaper change, that's one cry. If they're hungry, that's, that's deep. That's another cry. But then there's that manipulation cry, that fake cry that you want to beat out of that child. And God knows the difference between your cries. He knows what's manipulation and He knows what's real. And whenever you cry out to God from a real place in your heart, you'll see the breakthrough come. But you truly and really have to be ready to deal with the thing that you want to get free from. And the Bible says that you have to believe that God exists and that is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. That means you need to get into your closet or your private place with the Lord, your car, the bathroom, sit on the toilet, whatever you need to do to get five minutes of peace and cry out to God. You've got to be like blind Bartimaeus crying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And if you'll cry out to him from that place, he's your deliverer, he's your savior, he's your helper, and he will come through for you. Can you say amen? Oh, this is good. Look at somebody next to you and say, you're part of the ecclesia. You are the church. You are the government of God on the earth. You're supposed to carry the government laws of God here on the earth. You're supposed to abide by the laws even when your neighbor doesn't. And our duty as God's cabinet members or His government here on the earth is not to tell God how to change the laws. Well, the people recommend that we no longer live by sex before marriage. So we should scrap that and let everybody do what they want to do. And then the bishops vote, and then they send it to heaven, and they get God to approve it. 
That is not the duty of the church to change God's laws. The duty of the church is to abide by God's laws. Can you say amen? amen. Say, look at the person next to you, say, the duty of the church is not to choose which laws we're going to obey. We obey all of them because he said so. And you say, well, I don't like that one. I want to keep that one. Well, then you're in rebellion. You are a rebellious child, and you're ready for a beating. Because any time you violate the law of God, you hurt yourself. Ah, you didn't hear that. Look at the person next to you say, any time you violate the law of God, you really just hurt yourself. Matthew 5.19 says, if you ignore the least commandment and teach others to do the same, you will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But anyone who obeys God's laws and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. And so as mothers and fathers, our duty is to teach God's laws to our kids. I want to encourage all parents in here to teach God's word to your children. I got one amen. That was sad. Wow, I, I'm depressed now. I'm ready to quit ministry. I got one amen. I need resurrection from the dead right now. Did you not hear me? I said it is the duty of every parent to teach their children the laws of God and to make sure they abide by them. Thank you. It is not my duty. It is your duty. It's not Pastor Chris's duty. He just needs to confirm what you've already been telling your kids all week. How many of you rock up in here and I'm like, Pastor, I was thinking about that last night. What you said today is exactly when I had a conversation with my spouse yesterday. It confirms what God's already doing in you. That's why I'm all over the place sometimes. And listen, if we don't raise our kids to follow the laws of God, every time they break the law, they get hurt. And we don't want our kids to get hurt. The people don't get to change the laws by a majority vote. It's not a democracy. It's a monarchy. There is one king. He makes decrees. They become law. And we do what he says. Can you say amen? amen. Say we are servants of the Most High God. This is a good one. The quality of the citizens' and servants' lives reflects the wealth of the king. That's why God doesn't want you broke. God doesn't want you sick. God doesn't want you under debt, poor, in poverty, depressed, angry, mad. Because you reflect him. What kind of king do you serve that your life is so miserable? If your life is miserable, you've got to check who you're serving. You've got to check whose throne you're sitting under. Because when you sit under the throne of Jesus and His Lordship, your life is blessed with every spiritual blessing. Your life only knows the goodness of God. Can you say amen? 
Anytime that you got this other stuff unlocking in your life, you're listening to the wrong voice and you're submitting to the wrong source. And you quickly need to make the adjustment. Can you say amen? I love Colossians 1.13. It says, for he has rescued us. Say, he rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and he's transferred us into the kingdom of God's dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. Say, he's a king. He has the government on his shoulders. He has a territory. He has an army of angels. He's got government laws. He's got kingdom citizens. You know, he's got the name which is above every name. There is none greater than him. He's seated at the right hand of God the Father with all authority and all power. That song we were singing, Holy, he's got a name greater than any name in any dominion, ruler, nothing. He's the greatest. There's none like him. There's no rival. There's none beside him. He is the king of glory. He is the one we serve. He has the power to set the captive free. He's able to provide, heal, deliver, save, bless, lead, guide, teach, encourage, equip. That's the God we serve. He is good, and His mercy endures forever, generation to generation. And we are citizens of the kingdom of God. We have access to heaven. We have access to His presence. And we're supposed to bring that kingdom lifestyle and expand it to other people here in the earth. You know, I was talking to Misty this morning. I said, I really love our church because our church isn't filled with a bunch of people that just attend on Sunday mornings. We have a family here. We're a family. We laugh together. We cry together. We celebrate. Our hearts are genuine. Just because we have a little fight or a little tiff doesn't mean we run away. We work through it. You know, we have relationships in this church that are 20 years old, 25 years old. You can't say that about most places. Just a cattle run. Nobody knows nobody. It's just cool to go there. It's clock my card, one hour, Sunday morning. And that's why the presence of God is here, because the Bible says where there is unity, God commands His blessing. And if you're new to pure, become part of the family, man. You're welcome. Join in. Every nation, tribe, and tongue. doesn't matter where you come from. I'm African-American Arab. With German flares and... Begets my nail. Here, fried schnitzel. Wunderbar. <laughs> this one's good. Matthew chapter 16, verse 19. It says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. As a kingdom citizen, when God speaks to you, He gives you authority to do things. Like, 
what I'm learning in this season is that God is sending us to the nations. It's like a signet ring. He's given us authority in the nation of Kenya right now. So we come with kingdom authority into the nation to establish what God has ordained to be established. We are kingdom ambassadors, taking what He has given us as a vision and expanding it to the nations of the world. And I'm re- that's why my wife just bought me a lion with king that I wear on my head now, because I have graduated from being a pastor to being a king. And I encourage you to graduate too. It's not just available for me. He said he was the king of kings the last time I checked. He's the Lord of lords. So you might as well live in that bloodline, amen? It's just taken me a long time to get there, and I want to help speed up your process that you don't have to wait 50 years till you get it. Can you say amen? See, you got to learn from wisdom. Don't go around the mountain for 40 years. Just cross it in seven days, amen? So I want you to know, don't be stuck in titles. Just go to identifying that you are a king, that you rule and reign in life. If people can identify that they're dogs and cats and canaries and whatever, then you can identify with whatever you want to identify with. Can you say amen? And you might as well identify with something in the kingdom of God. And he said you're a king. He said you're a priest. So might as well just take that to the bank. And if, you know, people... Some kid was meowing in the corner, and the teacher has to let him. And you got it. No, you need to cast out a demon, some cat spirit, some feline demon got in there. He goes around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. There is a demon lion going around somewhere. Everybody's like, oh, yeah, that's biblical. Yeah, he's telling the truth. It's not a joke. I can back up everything I say with Scripture, by the way, even if it's twisted slightly. <laughs> I just did it there. Feline spirit, no. Let it go. Let it go. But, man, if people can identify with cats and, and all other things, then you might as well just identify with who God says you are in Christ Jesus. And we think they're crazy, so they can think we're crazy. Just own it. Amen? Say, I'm going to own it. I'm going to be who God says I should be. And I'm not going to care what anybody else thinks. I don't care. Amen? Let me see. What else do I want to tell you? All right, we'll end with this one. James chapter 2, verse 8. I'll do two more. In um, Mark 9, 34... Jesus sat down and called his disciples over to him and said, Whoever wants to be the greatest must take the last place and be a servant of everyone else. In this world, everybody wants to climb the corporate ladder and be the leader to have people serve them. I'm going to get to the top. I'm going to get the package. I'm going to get the salary, and I will have people serving me. But in the kingdom of God, Jesus said, if you want to be a leader, you need to be the servant of all. That's the structure in the kingdom of God. We are servant leaders. We lay down our lives to be a blessing to other people. This is the kingdom culture. Can you say amen? And I'll end with James chapter 2, verse 8, which is the royal law of the kingdom. 
You will be doing right if you obey the law of the kingdom, which is found in Scripture. Love your neighbor as you do yourself. So that's the law of the kingdom. The royal law in the kingdom of God is love. God is love. He's not trying to be love. He doesn't have love. He is love. Love is patient. Love is kind. It's not jealous, boastful, proud, or rude. Keeps no record of wrong. What else does it do? Covers sin. Forgives. Never gives up. Never loses faith. Endures through all circumstances. And that's how God wants us to live and operate as His children. And the only way to get the love of God in your heart is to get the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. Because the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of love. And I tell you, when you accept Jesus and you let the Spirit of God come into your heart, the love of God gets shed abroad in your heart. And when the love enters, that's where all the fruit of the Spirit begins to operate in your life. If you want to be patient, you want to be kind, you want to be gentle, you don't want to be angry, you got to have the grace to do it. And God's Spirit, when you let Him into your heart, it produces those results in your life. Amen? And so we serve a great and mighty King who loves us, who gave His life for us. I don't know of any other religion where the God died for their people. Which religion? There's none. He died to purchase us. He died to bless so that we could have the blessing. He took our sin. He took everything upon him. He took the curse. He became the curse so that we could become the blessing, that we could experience the goodness of God. Can you say amen? Let's stand this morning, evening, afternoon. Just want to say welcome to all family members that are joining us from out of town this weekend. If you're here for the first time, just want to say thank you for coming to Pure. Um, we love you. So right now, just close your eyes right across the room. And I want to ask you this question. Do you have a relationship with the King of Glory? Do you know Him? Have you surrendered your life to Him? Because nothing happens until you surrender. You can't be half-hearted about it. You need to make a full commitment to God. The Bible says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. And He wants, like my wife said it earlier, He wants you to give Him your life, your heart. Because if the king has your heart, he can control your life. He can lead it. He can guide it. He can teach you. And he can show you the way in which you should go. But if you never give him your heart, then he doesn't have access to do any of that. And God does not force himself upon anyone. Just like my wife was saying. I mean, she's so good. She says a lot of good stuff. God wants you to do everything of a place of want to, not have to. I have to go to church. I have to give. I have to praise. I have. That's not what God wants for you. And when you give Him your life 
and you make the full surrender and you make the decision to make him Lord, the word Lord means owner. You give him ownership over your life. And when you let him be Lord and King and owner of your life, man, he takes care of you and he blesses you. Because God always brings life and increase and abundance to whatever is put in his hand. You can't put yourself in God's hand and your life not flourish. And the world teaches us, you know, all these things you have to do and you get stuck in this rat race. And life becomes super stressful. And there's an opportunity for you to just come to Jesus and he'll give you peace. He'll give you rest and he'll teach you how to live in all his goodness and blessing. Lift up.